The following podcast is intended for mature audiences only. If you're under 18 and you still wish to listen, have your parents sign a fucking permission slip. Welcome to Alt-F-U. Welcome everybody to episode 2 of the Alt-F-U podcast. My name is Action Grinson. And I am here with Kerr and Argathus, and welcome to the second episode. I hope you enjoyed the first shit show. We're here again to talk about just all the things video game related. Uh, and starting off usual, we'll start with the games that we've been playing this week. Gur, what games have you been playing this week? I downloaded a new game called Feria. It is one of them CCGs, like digital mm-hmm. CCGs. I had a lot of fun with it. I only played a little bit of it yesterday. It's free to play, by the way, if any of you are interested. You can get it on Steam or iOS. Nice. Uh, pretty decent gameplay, or kind um, of a. Yeah. Does it do the usual CCG thing of like pay pay to win, or is it pretty is it pretty balanced? You, you can, but it's pretty balanced. You don't have to. Cool, cool. Um, I haven't got deep enough into it where it's hitting me with microtransactions yet, so I can't speak on whether or not it does. Well, but I'm nice, having fun. Yeah, a lot of those like Steam, iOS sort of, you know, mobile games kind of suffer from that a little bit. And usually it's a little weird when you're playing it on mobile or when you're not playing it on mobile to get like, hey, pay 99 cents to get some free shit. <laughs> um, Argo, what about you? What have you been playing this week? Uh, I actually got a little extra time this week and went back and downloaded the remastered version of Skyrim and have been playing that. I think I had logged about 20 hours uh, since Friday afternoon. Uh, had a lot of fun with that. Played Battlefield 1 Friday night. Uh, and still with the uh, staple World of Warcraft. Hell yeah. Um, this week I actually did, on Friday, got back into uh, Battlefield 1. Or well, got into Battlefield 1. And uh, I'm I'm loving it, man. Like, I think it's just... Compared to Battlefield 4, it's so much faster paced, and it's just, the shit just goes crazy, and I think that's what I really like about it. Um, and then I also busted out the uh, the Titanfall 2. I started the campaign on that. And so far, I'm, I mean, it's a little slow paced to start off with, but I'm really kind of enjoying it. Um, a proper campaign mode compared to the first game, it just kind of feels nice. You know, it feels like something they actually put work into. Yeah, so. I, uh, I feel the same way about Battlefield 1's campaign, because that's usually the first thing I do when I get a game like that, whenever yeah. I kind of want to learn how to play it without playing in the the new newbie servers, where it's pretty much a slaughter fest where the veteran guys just go in there and just dump on you the entire time. So I like to play and kind of get a feel for the game, and uh, I was blown away by the depth as the story progresses and how each mission is completely different than the first or the the previous. It's it's always something completely different. It's not like oh okay, I'm in another part of the world doing the same thing. Uh, they definitely expose you to the game by playing the campaign and uh, very rewarding storylines. Uh, and they kind of give you that oh I'm attached to this character now because you play them and there's a reason why you're doing what you're doing and they give a little backstory and uh it's really nice and I like that in a campaign to actually have a purpose. Yeah, it's always good yeah. to feel connected. 
It sounds really nice too, especially after I don't know about you guys, but I I hated the campaigns for Battlefield 3 and 4. I just they they felt really weird to me. They just they almost felt like they were trying to make like a COD level campaign, but they didn't hit the right marks of like insanity that a lot of the COD campaigns hit. But when Hardline came out, I honestly think that's one of the best shooter campaigns that I've played in a long time. And that gives me some pretty high hopes for Battlefield 1's campaign to hear such high praises of it because I mean, I, I'm definitely going to need to check it out now. So yeah. oh, I agree. Um, Battlefield four kind of seemed cheesy to me as far as the campaign went. Uh, you know, it didn't really grab your attention and hold it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like battlefield hardline was the first battlefield campaign that I played that I was like, Oh wow, this, you know, in and of itself is worth half the cost of the game to me. Because it's yeah. a good, a long drawn out storyline. You have character progression that you see, um, and there's actually like a story and a plot, and that was huge for me. Um, and I felt like Battlefield One had a plot, but it was real weak. And then Battlefield One, it's like wow, you know, they really went in detail with the campaign, and you know, you get to see the maps and stuff. And it's just like it's a real good kind of like tutorial, but not actually being like a tutorial where everything's just handed out to you. Um, so it's definitely, it's definitely worth checking out if you have the game and have not checked out the campaign yet. Well, hell yeah. Sounds good to me. Uh, I, I do kind of miss that about a lot of shooters. They've, they've kind of, they're getting back into it, which I really like. Uh, hopefully 2017 will be the year again of campaign based first person shooters. Uh, well, speaking of actually, uh, I shared it on the Facebook group. Uh, there is actually going to be lore added into Overwatch. So if you're into character oh, yes. storylines and whatnot, they're actually going to make in-game lore for all the characters. So that will be kind of a cool, you know, if you really like Overwatch, but you kind of feel like it's kind of lacking in, in like content and why is Reaper the way he is, that's going to be added into the game. So you're actually going to see that. Um, and that definitely opens up the talk of, oh, are they going to add single player missions? Are they going to add, uh, you know, like a PVE? They, they hinted at it with the Halloween uh, ha- holiday event. And so yeah. it's like, that's definitely a possibility. Are we going to see that, uh, you know, into this year, you know, sometime next year? I would think uh, that they'd wait for BlizzCon next year. If they're mm-hmm. gonna pump that out, just because that's like a big deal. Oh yeah, I think I almost wonder if they went to that because uh, you remember when Destiny came out. One of the biggest complaints for people is that Destiny had all this lore, and they just didn't have any of it in game. Like they literally just went, "Well, if you want to see anything about any of this cool backstory, just go to the website. It'll be great. Read through these forty-five pages of lore. It'll be awesome." Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of think that's the thing that I I think Blizzard wants to get away from. And it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, as a gamer myself, like, I'm not saying gamers are lazy because we're definitely not with some of the things. I mean, look at the modding community especially. But I think any time you tell someone to go out of a game to find out more information about the game, you're losing half your user base. Right. Because half the user base is just going to go, well, fuck you guys. I'll I'll just deal with it. You know, I'll just figure it out. That's a big issue with World of Warcraft right now. A lot of people don't like having to go to Wowhead, uh, 
for almost everything to find out what it is. And I think that Blizzard's kind of seeing that because, you know, there's forums, there's Twitter posts, there's everything of people going, I really hate having to open up a third party website to figure out what I need to do in your game. And so I definitely think that that's something that they're going to scale back uh, coming up. And, you know, it's that's definitely something that needs to be addressed because it's not fun to have to go, well, what is this? Why is this? What's going on here? You know, where am I supposed to go to do this? And it's like that transcends into, well, I don't like the lore being the same way where I've got to go read up on the lore. Um, yeah. yeah. It's the same kind of concept there. Well, I think it just pulls you out of the game. I mean, it goes back to that age old discussion of immersion. You know, oh, yeah. if you're in the middle of, you know, you're kicking some ass, you know, you're going through, you're playing this character's story and you go, well, what's the deal with this area? Oh, nobody tells me. Let me, let me close out of my game and open a web browser, you know, or nothing, who is this nothing guy that kicks, just showed up. Yeah, exactly. Nothing kicks immersion in the dick more than just like open another page. You know, it's like, oh, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think that's a great first step kind of into into pushing more of the lore in games like that because it's it seems like the it seems like the perfect thing and I personally trust Blizzard to do well with it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um well on that topic, um why don't we talk about Overwatch in general and kind of the shakiness that they've had lately with the uh nerfs and buffs going down on the PTR the last I'd say last three or four patches. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to ask your feelings on that too, because I, I have a very, I mean, I've got a very strong belief on what I think companies should do with nerfs and buffs. And I think a lot of what Blizzard's been doing lately, nothing against them, but I think they're making these big sweeping changes. And I really do think maybe dialing it back a little bit, you know, make, making small changes first, then making, you know, continually making those would be better than going, well, we're having this person's damage. You know, in the case of Ana, especially, it's like, well, we're going to take some, we're going to take some damage off of her gun, but we're also going to have all of her healing. Yeah. And we're going to, and having her healing, especially with that grenade, she's the only, the only healer that isn't be able, isn't able to self-sustain. And I think it's just, you know, it's these things that, you know, you see it, they make these big sweeping changes, then they dial it back later. And it's like. Uh, you know, it kind of drives some people crazy. I'm wondering your thoughts on that. Well, that's kind of a, that's Blizzard's MO right now. They're doing the same thing in World of Warcraft where they do these huge blanket nerfs to a spec or class. And then they've got to go back and revert it because now they've nerfed this one. Well, now this one's overpowered because they can't counter that anymore. Um, I'm not quite sure where that came from because that's not really ever been an issue before. Um but it seems like they're doing a similar thing where it's like, okay, we're going to nerf strength 10% on this spec. And I kind of feel like they're doing that with Anna where it's like, okay, we're taking Anna and we're going to nerf everything about Anna. Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, you have other characters that obviously need some type of a nerf that aren't getting them. Um, but by taking Anna and yanking her back, I think they've reverted it. Um, the healing nerf that is. Uh, from yeah, the I believe that's what it was. Some changes. Uh, because it, that was definitely an unnecessary nerf. I think the problem is is they're seeing a lot of playstyle from Anna, uh, and I attribute that to popular Twitch streamers that 
play Overwatch regularly that play Anna, everybody sees it and goes, I want to play like that. So everybody starts playing that character. And then Blizzard all of a sudden sees a rise in this character being played. And their first thought is, well, is this character too powerful? Is this why people are playing her? Because they know something we don't. Are they doing something? You know, is there an exploit? What is it? You know, why are so many people playing? And I think that that's something that uh, there needs to be a little less knee-jerk reaction to nerfs and buffs. Yeah. And it's like Bastion, you know, nobody played Bastion because he was so situational. So then they came in, they changed his playstyle. I still refuse to call what they did to him a buff because he still was very situational. He was really good if you could get a bat or if you could get a Reinhardt up and you could keep him behind the Reinhardt shield and the Reinhardt shield never went down. Pretty much any class that knows how to counter, they're going to be able to get in there, get behind Bastion, stun him, stun Reinhardt. Uh, as soon as the shield goes down, Roadhog yanks him off. Anna hits with a sleep dart and people melt him because without him getting heals, he's weak. Um, I know on the latest hero patch updates, they're actually going to reduce his, uh, his tankiness by 15%. It was 35%. They're now taking him to, he takes 20% less damage while in sentry or tank, uh, which is nice because I like the fact that when he goes into tank mode, he still was able to be killed because before that he yeah. was a God when he went into tank mode, it's like, Oh look, Bastion's going to kill everybody on the board because nobody can kill him. <laughs> and so I'm glad that they're I doing do. that. Yeah. I do really like the fact that they, they took it down 15% instead of reverting the whole thing, you know, instead of doing this thing again, where they, you know, Oh, we made a change. People didn't like it. So let's back it off and try again. It's, they just they found a good middle ground, I think, and I really hope with this new patch. I have you know I haven't really had a chance to play it, mainly because I don't play Bastion, so I haven't had a chance to see too much. You know, I, I played Bastion when they made the changes, but I haven't played him enough to notice the changes between the two. Mm-hmm. But I really do think that this is a good middle ground, or at least a start of where they might need to make it feel, to make him feel you know more defensive, but not like unkillable. Right. And that was kind of his issue before when he would go into uh, his little tank, his ultimate. Uh, he just, he was really hard to kill. You had to every, get everybody, you know, all six guys on your team. Sorry, bump my mic. Uh, every All six people on your team had to focus him down when he did that, or he would wipe you. Or you had to just go hide and hope that he didn't come around the corner and pre-fire and kill you. Yeah. Um, you know, at the same time with what they did to... Anna, where it's like, okay, we're going to nerf your grenade, and now it seems like they're kind of rethinking that, because that was a little harsh of a nerf, in my opinion. Of course, I'm biased, because I play Anna uh, most <laughs> of the time. Um, they're also making a change to how her ultimate works, where um, they get like a buff of a, it's like a damage reduction. Uh, it used to be a 70% damage reduction from the nano boost, and now it's going to be 50%. So her targets aren't going to be near as tanky with the ultimate up, which is, it's kind of a nerf to her. Uh, but it's also, uh, from what I'm reading on the patch notes, it's also going to work for like Arissa's fortify, which I have had a little bit of time to play on the PTR. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, I haven't really, you know, everybody wants to play it. So it's like, nobody really knows what they're doing. So I'm just going to kind of let, let that character come to live and then we'll go from there. Um, but I know they also made changes to Zarya where, uh, when somebody's getting knocked back, she could use her uh, projection barrier 
and it would stop the knockback. And they're finally fixing that to where you can't do that. So they can't sit there and go, okay, well, I see uh, a fairy going up. She's probably going to try and knock you off the ledge. I'm going to hit you with that right before you go off the edge and save your life. From now on, if you get hit and then she puts the barrier on you, the barrier stays. You continue to move in the direction you're moving until you land, uh, which is really I think that was actually a bug. I don't think that was ever intended, Uh, but it's a good thing that they are getting those kind of things because those are definitely game breaking. Oh, for sure. And well, speaking of the last patch, um, I'm I'm a main or I'm a Roadhog main. Mm-hmm. So I was a little iffy about the changes with the last patch. It, to me, from from looking at the changes before playing them, it really did look like, oh, they, they just did Hook 2.0. Now they're reverting half the stuff for it. They're making it a problem again. Yeah. There, are still, there are still heroes that it is a problem. Like, of course, here we go again with Ana. You know, since she's got that kind of a lean in her character model, mm-hmm. there's a lot of times that when you hook her, especially from what it is, I think it's a 3.5 meters now instead of 2. Yeah. You just can't you just can't hit her in the head. Hmm. And you you actually like I've had more luck now shooting at her feet to get a headshot, which seems completely that's counterproductive. Yeah, that's that's definitely some uh hit scan issues. Yeah, and there's a there's a couple of characters that are like that. That said, they reduced the spread on his scatter gun by twenty percent. And as somebody that played that's played Roadhog for a long time, it's a real pain in the ass to have to hit like kind of thread a needle well before this patch to have to thread a needle to get a kill shot when you're not using your hook mm-hmm. and now they've made it to the fact where i can run around as roadhog and actually get some goddamn kills and not worry about having to only rely on that hook it's it's kind of changed the character quite a lot because it feels you know that his scatter gun or scrap gun i keep calling it scatter gun for some reason um it, it just feels more like a functional weapon now instead of just like you know, chip damage. Yeah. You know, ch- you know, chip chip the person down, hook him, and then get a one shot headshot. You yeah. Know, he feels more like a well fleshed out hero, and it kind of, you know, originally I was pretty pretty damn salty about it, but I changed my stance on it the more I play him. There are still some kinks to work out, but I think you know, I think if they keep up these sort of changes, where they'll they'll kind of find this happy medium, I think you know, they'll they'll hit a place. What am I trying to say here? Like they'll they'll hit a place before just doing these big sweeping general changes that'll make everybody happy instead of like you know anybody that doesn't play that character, which is kind of some some sort of equilibrium. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, also on that, I mean, there there is a new character on the PTR that I kind of brought up, uh, Orissa, which yeah, honestly, I I'm it's underwhelming to me because I feel like they just kind of cut and pasted other abilities and appearances from other characters, uh, and made Mm -hmm. this character. And I like the idea. I like the story, the backstory to the character. That's all great. Uh, I played for a little bit, felt really powerful. Um, definitely something that is going to need to be played a lot, get a lot of testing in and find out is this character too powerful for what they're supposed to do, because I was, you know, I was getting more kills with that character than some of our DPS were. And it's just because yeah. I can just throw the shield down, stand there. And if I start taking damage, I can fortify. And then when you get your ultimate, you buff everybody's damage around you. So people come in on the point, if they don't have an earth shatter, they don't have a knockback. They don't have any type of CC. You're going to wipe their team. And it's, a, it's pretty much a guaranteed wipe. So I think there needs to be some changes made. I kind of wish that they had 
you know, not made her ultimate mercies right click. Yeah. And uh, for a group, but I understand that in a game with that type of complexity, they're, they're going to run out of ideas with what they can do at the same time. This is also blizzard's first shooter. So mm-hmm. being that it's as successful as it is, and for the most part balanced as it is, uh, it's definitely looking good for them uh, in the future to make more games. Yeah, I agree. And I, cause originally I, I did feel like the character was, I mean, at first it did seem almost a little lazy, you know, it, it first, it kind of looked a little bit like, you remember the, the concept art for like, I think the Genji, the, like the first design of the Genji, how it was much more like biotic. Yeah. It kind of looked like they used a lot of pieces from that. And so, it, and you know, with that and the combination of the powers, uh, my first reaction was like, well, this is just, you know, this has got to be fake. Yeah. It's you know, a joke. This is, yeah. It's, it's gotta be a joke or they've got to be trolling us and they're going to, you know, pop out Doomfist here pretty soon. Yeah. And, <laughs> And well, then to be you, fair, uh, they, they said that Doomfist would not be the next character. Yeah. I also thought, okay, it's Blizzard. They're just yanking our chain because that's what Blizzard does. Hey, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not, it's not. Oh, surprise. Look what we got. You know, so yeah, that's exactly. what I thought was happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of just underwhelming to see the character. And one of the skins looks like Lucio. Like, you're like, wait a minute, what? You know, that looks like it was yeah. stolen straight from Lucio. So, uh, yeah, I we'll see <laughs> kind of it, it is what it is um yeah and i, I, I can't I help but like notice that they're uh i do like that they're keeping her in the ptr for a little bit though you know yeah not just immediately releasing her into the game after like a week in the ptr that's another issue that i kind of have with how overwatch does it i'm not i, I play competitive i am not a top tier player i'm i think my highest ever was like 1935 and i hover yeah. around the 1500 mark but i also don't sit there and play overwatch for more than like, you know, two or three hours at a time. Uh, and that's usually mm-hmm. once once or twice a week at the most. Uh, I think they need to kind of look at things how they do Diablo and their seasons. They need to stop making these nerfs and buffs and then placing them into the game in the middle of a season. Because that totally screws up the progression of the game. And then people have to stop, learn this the new way of playing their character and potentially lose rank. So I think what they need to do is they need to run the season through its course. They need to have some sort of a two, three week downtime, do the testing, get the characters live in that downtime. That way, when season X starts, you've got the new characters on the servers ready to go at the start of the season and nothing gets changed unless it's like a bug or an exploit or something along those lines and actually let us play the characters throughout the season and then look at the numbers and go, okay, this character was really powerful last season. We need to tone it down a little bit because we see they got used a lot. They're having this, you know, this is their damage numbers, healing tank numbers compared to other classes that are similar and then make the changes then rather than going, okay, well, here we are. We've got the patch notes right now where they're changing the way Anna heals. Uh, They're probably going to push that live before season four is over. So all of a sudden Anna is going to become a lot less used and people that have mained Anna or Anna, however you want to pronounce it throughout the entire season are now going to have to switch or stop playing the character altogether because it's like, well, okay, I can't risk getting in there and tanking my rating because they changed the character mid season. Yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, I did want to, speaking of this, I did want to transition um, from that into asking, I know Gerd, I don't think you've played much of Overwatch. Any, actually, I don't have a system that'll run it. So. Okay. 
Um, just from hearing us talk about these sort of things and seeing different videos on it and stuff like that, as as an outsider that hasn't played the game, what uh, what are your thoughts on it? Like, is it something you'd be interested in? Is it something that you know? I'm just kind of interested to see with you know, especially with Blizzard and stuff, how how the marketing and stuff for the game has affected people that don't own it or that haven't played it. Well, if you're digging into it like you guys have with the patch notes and whatever, like, it's still really interesting to me. Like, I'd love to play it. I'm in. But I agree with what Argus said about the seasons. Like, don't change the game halfway through a patch. Like, don't. Just don't do it. Bad Blizzard. (laughs) (laughs) And that it does really go back to this being like their first shooter, mm-hmm. and especially a shooter that I don't think originally was planned to be as competitive as it is now. And I think that it, it just kind of goes to show you that they're still learning with this kind of thing. But considering they're doing better at a lot of it than shit, fifty percent of the companies yeah, that I think yeah, definitely. <laughs> have made competitive shooters lately, it you know it really does say. You know, not to fillet them any more than we already have, but it really does, you know, it really does say some good things about the way they handle things. You know, I think they just need to learn from some of these quote unquote mistakes. I guess it's not really mistakes, but they they need to learn from some of these things and grow even stronger yeah, than they have. Definitely. Well, if you look at uh, how well Battlefield 1 and Call of Duty Infinite Warfare all these other games that have been making shooters for the past 10, 20 years, they're not near as popular as Overwatch is. True. Uh, yeah. And yeah, Blizzard being part of it is a, a big deal. Like that's definitely a lot of the draw, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's a fun competitive game. And, you know, yeah, there's a couple times where I'll just get tilted off the face of the planet, but for the <laughs> most time, for the most part, it's a fun game to play. And, uh, I think that they're definitely learning. They're going to have to go through a lot of the mistakes that these other AAA devs have gone through to get to where they are, to where, you know, you, you're you part of the Battlefield Club or you're the COD Club. And I think eventually it's going to be, you know, it's going to be Overwatch, Battlefield, and Call of Duty are going to be like, oh, you know, because right now it's it's just a war between Battlefield and Call of Duty. You know, given another couple of years, I think Overwatch is definitely going to be a big competitor uh, as far as that goes once they learn how to balance and they're, you know, kind of fine tune everything. And I, I think that that's definitely going to be a, a big thing overall for the gaming community, especially with how they're kind of doing these uh, homegrown tournaments is what I call them, where they're saying, hey, look, you know, compete in these tournaments in your areas and you can get drafted to a pro team. And that's completely revolutionary. Mm -hmm. Like that reminds me a lot of the heroes of the dorm kind of concept that they have with heroes of the storm. Yeah. They're they're trying to find average guys that already are not professional gamers or professional esports, any affiliation just go, look, we want good people. We want to suit your skills, like come try out. And then if you're good, you know, you can get picked. And I think that that's going to be a huge thing for esports in general. uh, And, definitely kind of resuscitate the shooting scene that we have right now. Cause right now, yeah, there's still the diehard call of duty and battlefield guys, but there's really not any great shooters out right now. Um, and I think once overwatch kind of figures out what they're doing, it's going to be a, 
it's going to be a big competitor for sure. I think so too. Oh yeah. Well, if we're we're done with that, uh, what do you say we wrap this episode up? Okay. Before uh, we go, can I just ask something real quick? Oh yeah. Closing, right, closing thought. Um, I don't know. Going back to last week's episode, did you guys see that Shadow of War gameplay? Oh yes. my Oh yeah. God. Let's talk about that can for a minute. Can we please too. talk about that for a minute? Give me more. Yeah. Lead lead the discussion, please, because uh, oh my god, the excitement is real. The excitement is so real. Now, I never played the first one. I didn't even know the first one was a thing until I saw the ad on YouTube. And let me just <laughs> say, for alpha gameplay, oh my god. Yeah. It's, it's pretty clean. It's really clean. It it's really, really clean. Like and it seems a lot of like a lot of you know game developers that release this alpha footage you kind of get that like snippet of a game yeah where you know it's not it's not that it's bad footage but it's you know you get this little box of a game where they don't show much of the world off it seemed like this gameplay footage went through quite a bit of different type of mechanics mm-hmm. you know talking about the nemesis system in depth it just it seemed like they really put a lot of these fears of like, well, is this going to be another shitty alpha or, you know, a great alpha shitty gameplay situation? I think they put a lot of that stuff to rest. Yeah, definitely. And I think as somebody that played the first game a whole lot, I think they've got a damn fine backbone to build off of to build an entire second game and make this just fantastic. You know, make it more than just a sequel, make it a, a kind of a bigger yeah. event, which I think they've really succeeded with in the trailer and the gameplay footage. I would just... I wanted to I see still... more of the UI. But, yeah. I mean, alpha. I still, I'm very skeptical when it comes to that kind of stuff, because I know that they're not going to show us things that look yeah. like shit. They're going to show us the cream of the crop. And, you know, that's why a lot of games will release like rendered footage and go, you know, actual, actual game footage. And it's like, yeah, it is. You've rendered it. You've altered it. You've tried to make it look way better. And so I, I definitely I like what I saw, but I'm also keeping it in the back of my head that I'm seeing exactly what they wanted us yeah. to see. So yeah. definitely keep that in mind. Uh, I'm a big advocate of not pre-ordering Me games. And that's pretty unpopular because people like their free. I like my free gun skin that you're going to get anyway just by playing the game. In your bag so <laughs> stop, stop pre-ordering games. You are directly... By, by not pre-ordering, you are going to force these developers to stop making shit games and pumping them out and going, hey, here's $60, buy our game. You're going you're gonna to buy the game and you're going to go, wow, this game sucks. Well, yeah, you pre-ordered and so you got the special stuff rather than waiting until you actually saw live game footage, live gameplay. Wait till streamers and YouTubers start making videos about the yeah. video game. You know, yeah, it's great to have the game the first day it comes out, but you know what? It doesn't really matter if you have the game the first day it comes out if it's a total shit game. Yeah. So I, I'm a big advocate of not pre-ordering games, and so I've broken that rule a few times and been burned for it. Uh, yeah. Overwatch was an exception, uh, ironically. I actually bought the collector's edition of Overwatch. I was that excited Ooh. and not been let down. Soldier 76 is staring at me right now. <laughs> we're all soldiers now Um, (laughs) i i will i do have to go on a small rant here especially with pre-ordering games i have made a few exceptions i've gotten really lucky with a few exceptions 
But the one trend that I think it's gotten a little more unpopular lately because people have been kind of fighting back against it. And thank fuck for the gaming community for doing this. But this garbage shit of, oh, pre-order our digital copy of the game before it runs out. Fuck you forever. That is bullshit. You need to get kicked in the dick. You need to stop that shit immediately because it pisses me the fuck off. Oh, my God. Pre-order a digital game before we run out. That's yeah. not a thing. It's not a fucking thing. You're not holding a physical copy of the game. You're getting a digital download. You can't run out. You're an asshole. You're a money-hungry shitbag. <laughs> and it fucking drives me crazy. Okay, sorry. I just had to get that off my chest because it's been boiling there for Do you years. feel better now? <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you said you are going to go on a rant. Oh, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> no, I've I've actually seen that. One of the things that I absolutely hate, I really don't like uh, G2A because I've seen a lot of shady practices from them. But you'll see a game on there and it will be out of stock and then it will come back in like three or four days. And yeah. it's like, oh, now it's $10 higher than it was. It's like, wait, no, you're yeah. you're you're trying to fake supply and demand. Like you have an unlimited number of these of these game codes. Like we know how you get the game codes. You have an unlimited number. Stop trying to, to jack right. us. So yeah, it's, that's just another reason I don't use sites like G2A. I prefer to go with a legitimate, uh, green man gaming is one that I've usually will default to and check prices there. I usually buy straight from steam or origin or from blizzard yeah. because I like to support the developer. Did directly. origin ever fix itself? Um, Actually, they've made some pretty big sweeping That's changes. Excellent. They they have gift. You can gift games to people now. The text or the the support is just a hundred times better. I mean, I I hate to say this, but Origin support you're kicking the fuck out of Steam because Steam mm-hmm. support is kind of like, well, we'd like to help you out, but you already paid us money, so go fuck yourself. And yeah. it's like, okay, that's not you know, I can't shit on them too much because they've done a lot of things in the last couple of years to fix that, but. Honestly, Origin compared to what it used to be is a much nicer program. I still won't go to it for everything because I think sometimes EA gets a little shitty. But (laughs) at the same time, it's, it's, yeah, well, you got a good fucking point there. (laughs) I mean, Steam started out as basically a way for people not to pirate Half-Life 2. So there you go. (laughs) Everybody hated that shit. You know, everybody used to hate Steam. And now it's just like, well, that's the only way I get games. Yeah, it's it's kind of like being in an abusive relationship. After a while, you're just like, oh, okay, well, that's just the way things are. This yep. is normal, and that's the way <laughs> that's the way Steam is. It's yeah. like, well, I I know that they're going to screw me, and they're going to wait till I'm not looking, and but that's okay because that's just what they do, and that's why I'm like, stop pre-ordering games. That you stop pre-ordering yeah. games, they're going to stop sending out half-ass games. Look at No Man's uh, Sky, perfect yeah, example Jesus. of why you don't pre-order a game. Because you're going to get fucked. And guess what? Yeah. Oh, look, we're releasing a patch for it. And it's going to make everything better. And then Sean Murray disappears off the face of the planet for four months. You know, that yeah. that's why you don't. That's prime example. Don't pre-order a game. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say. That's that's my rant. <laughs> <laughs> just just don't. Well, it. it- Let's we need we need to close this thing down before we just go on, yeah. you know, yeah. two hours worth of ranting about the video games. <laughs> basically the closing thoughts so from what i gather from all of us the closing thought of all this is if you pre-order games 
it's kind of a lot like getting screwed, but sometimes they might kiss you. And so it's okay. <laughs> the boo-boo better, and you're good. And on that note, let's end this. But yes, you're right. Before we all just explode into hate. Uh, <laughs> as always, you can find us on our social media pages, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud. We are at AltFU, A-L-T-E-F-F, and the letter U. Uh, we are going to be starting a YouTube page, so be on the lookout for that. We will add those links to the social media once we get that thing going, and we're going to be hosting this on YouTube as well. And don't forget to check us out on iTunes. Uh, we've had a lot of people apparently click those links to get to the iTunes page. Um, listen to it there or message me if you want the RSS feed, and we'll hook you up for whatever podcasting app you want to listen to it on. Um, if you do listen on iTunes, though, make sure to leave us a uh, rate and subscribe. Rate and subscribe, Jesus Christ. Rate and review. I've been watching too many YouTube videos. And uh, that'll get us up in the uh, up in the numbers and noticed more by iTunes and our Apple overlords. Barf. <laughs> and smash that motherfucking like button. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, had, I, had to drop, I had to drop that because that's the cringiest thing on YouTube right now. <laughs> no, definitely. If you, guys, if you guys like what you hear, rate it. If you don't like it, Give us the rating that you think, you know, and definitely feel free to reach out to us oh, on yeah. social media and say, hey, you guys are doing this right and you're doing this wrong or I hate all this or you guys are a bunch of assholes. Fuck you. You know, whatever. We're open but, to uh, all comments and we, yes. we may fire back, but that's just out of love. Yeah. <laughs> also, OK, let's do a couple of plugs real quick. Uh, I am at Action Grinson on Twitter. And... Uh, Action Grinson on Instagram as well. So follow me there. And eventually we will get the Instagram thing going for this podcast too, but we don't have any fucking pictures we to don't. share with y'all. At least we're <laughs> It would just be really <laughs> dumb memes. Yeah, it'd just be memes for days. All right, Gur, what about you? You can find me at OhMyGur on Twitter, and I don't have an Instagram. I'll just use the one for the podcast. How do you there show you people what food you're eating? Snapchat. <laughs> Good lord. All right, what about you, on, the, on, on that note, uh, if you search Argathus, you're going to find me. Uh, I also don't post pictures of my food on Instagram. <laughs> Yay, so. friendship. Yeah. <laughs> I have one, and I don't post pictures on it. Uh... I just never got into it, but I'm on Twitter. I post fairly regularly on there. And of course you can find me on the AltFU uh Facebook page. Yes. Yes, we are all yeah. yep, we're, we're all there. on there yelling at yep. your faces. <laughs> all right, guys. That will do it for today's episode and catch us next week for more of this shit show. It has been the AltFU podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>